Hello, listeners of The Circuit. I am Ben Beharin. I'm Jay Goldberg. Greetings, programs. So this was an interesting week, Jay. We have a, a new entrant to the mixed reality world in Apple. This was the week of WWDC, and they announced the Apple Vision Pro. And uh, to a cheering crowd and a lot of fanfare from those who have used it, I'm curious your thoughts. So I didn't go to the event. I watched the keynote a couple times. And last night I published a post on it, mostly just sort of organized my thoughts because I knew we were going to talk about this today. And the weirdest thing happened this morning. I woke up to a whole bunch of comments and tweets, DMs, emails, text messages from people who had been to the event, seen my post and said, hey, Jay, I hear you have a few questions about it. Here are some answers to your questions. Feel free to call me and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. And I was like, what is what is going on here? Because most of the people who, who reached out to me were like serious journalists. These are not people who are going to be carrying the Apple marketing department's water, right? And I was like, why are they doing this? And it occurred to me, I, th- I think a lot of people just felt that this device was so magical. Like they've, they've been enchanted. That's the only way I can explain it. They just, they're like, everybody's been converted. They think it's, it's something really special here. And... Um, I, I buy that. Like I, I, I just looking at it and from from the keynote, it was just clear like they've been thinking about this really hard for a long time. They seem to have just gone into every corner case, every use case. They've really put a lot of thought into how this should work. And you know, th- this this is Apple's secret sauce, right? This is their corest competencies. They understand human interface better than any company in the world. And it was on full display here. So on on technically it's it's a marvel, and mm-hmm. I'm willing to believe that the 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 interface the user interface is is, is as magical as people seem to think it is. I, I'm I'm less clear what exactly we're all going to do with it. Yeah, right. Um, on, you know, on a long long term basis, because I, I get that it's a cool device, but I remember like the Apple Watch when the Apple Watch came out, everyone was really excited about it, yep. and hey, this is great, and then the enthusiasm kind of tapered off once it got onto everybody's wrists and people realized they didn't like wearing watches anymore. This is obviously different. They put a lot more effort into this. Uh, it's much more expensive. Um, but I'm just, I'm just curious, like Apple's stated intent here is to introduce a new compute platform. You have your phone, yeah. you have your laptop, and now you have this. Okay. That, that makes sense. But w- what am I going to do with it exactly? Um, and, and and I don't think it's Apple's fault. I don't think they've done anything wrong here. I think they've done everything right. I just think it's it's a new way to think about compute, and we as humans haven't fully explored that. Agree. So uh, I'll give you a couple a couple things from my perspective that I think is yeah. and and this is a longer time to talk about this, which I like for this forum because I did do some some very brief videos. Uh, my my colleague Caroline and I, uh, Milinas and I did some very quick demo f- videos of our hands. You were at the event. You were at the yeah. event, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I was there. Which which, to be honest with you, and I recorded this and tweeted some of it out. Um, what was missed on the keynote when I watched it afterwards for those who were not there was the crowd's reaction to so many different elements of the headset announcement. So I recorded. You know, when I had a sense it was coming because Tim's like, 
one more thing. I was like, I'll just, let's record this. Um, people were just super excited. But but the oohs and the ahs with some of those very specific technology innovations. And Anna, Anna and I tweeted as it was going, just looking through the specs that was happening when they talked about the um, the the display drivers, all of the sensors, kind of everything that was going on to the experience. I was like, you know what, as as a tech enthusiast, as I am, partial to, you know, in this case, just technology, not because it's Apple or anything else, but just a tech geek and enthusiast. It's one of the most amazing pieces of technology I've just, I've ever seen at a technological level. And, and I think at a fundamental point, that's an interesting starting point, right? To just say, let's create something. And then I'll talk about the experience because I do think that's, but, but let's just, again, from a technology standpoint, let's, let's create something that, like you said, and I think this is exactly the right word word is a technological marvel and then wrap some software around it and then let developers go and create these experiences is a good starting point because that's not the case of competing products. They're good. They play some games, they've, you know, but they're not the best pieces of technology you've ever seen and then start to do. So I, I was just intrigued with that again, as a tech enthusiast and a geek that I was geeking out over the technology. Let's just <laughs> at, a, at a high level. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I share that sentiment. Just, even just watching the keynote, I was like every, every 30 seconds there was some crazy thing like audio ray tracing. <laughs> what? I mean, I, right. That crazy. And then all this, you know, foveation rendering like that's a huge problem yep. and like they have a whole chip yep. for it I and mean, we'll get into it but like every yep. every every minute was like every beat there was like oh and we have this other totally new technology we've completely invented like they've created yep. digital avatars like the whole facetime yep. thing yeah i mean just amazing the, the the other part that stood out to me too is, as i just reflected on this afterwards because th- this was a big sort of comment about the outward facing display and, you know, and I thought about that because Apple didn't need to do that. Like, to, and I'm going to qualify that in a second, but Apple didn't need to put a, dis- a high resolution display on the outside that shows a person your eyes. But Apple did have to put that display because it met the experience that they wanted to to reveal because one of their their big complaints with VR, and this is like how Apple does things, right? They look at those products, they look at what's out there, and they go, there's some shades of what's interesting, but but I feel like this is a problem. And for them, it was that you're disconnected from your environment. People don't see you, so they have no idea what you're looking at. And in an enterprise world, that actually matters, right? Can I walk up to you and just say, hey, Jay, I had an idea about something. Maybe we could talk, right? Knowing what you're doing helps the context. And there was a lot of enterprise use cases for good reason, which we'll talk about. But like I said, it just it just blew me away because they could have made this product far less cheaper with this interface, and it would have still been amazing. But instead, they're like, well, we want to solve this problem day one with this display, which is super cool. I mean, I get it. Some people are like, oh, it's creepy. And I was like, but it's needed. I, that's why I just can't walk around. Like, Apple needed to do it because that's Apple. Yep. Yeah. I, I, one of my kids has an Oculus, he, and he, he likes to play it. And it creeps me out when he's standing in a room and he's looking at me, but I can't see his eyes. They just see the white <laughs> goggles. Like that's, I'm, I'm not sure the eyes will be better, but it, it can't be, can't be worse. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think, you, I think you made a good point is they, they threw everything in and I, I can't fault them for the price tag, right? It's 3,500 bucks. I'm not going to buy yeah. one. 
yeah. it's a lot of money, but let's why not let's let's start here. I mean, the, there it is, right in the name. It's the pro version of this. We're going to start with the yeah. pro version, and then I'm sure in a year or two we'll have uh, you know an air version or whatever they're going to call it. That's yeah. a, that's you know expensive but a, conceivably affordable. Right, right. And and then you you. But there's so much work that has to go into all of this, like yeah. all those technologies, like took a lot of work. Let's just put everything in at a high price point. Yeah. And and I'm sure we'll talk about this. I'm sure they can't make that many of them. So let's, nope. let's just charge a high price because we don't have to, we can't make that many to sell. So let's just, yeah. you know, let's, let's start off at the expensive version and then right. we'll, we'll work everything cost, cost everything down. And right. I, I kept thinking during the event, I kept like looking around to find my old, uh, original iPhone the 2007 version and just thinking about like comparing that to the, you know, the iPhone 14 I have now there's it's like the new one is so much better than that original one. And the original one was magical at the time. Mm-hmm. And then sort of extrapolate that for where, where this could go with the goggles. What, what's, you know, vision, vision air 12 going to look like it's, 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 yep. it's, it's, it's pretty uh, intimidating. Yeah. So I want I want to circle back to the hardware as we will, but I want to talk about the experience first. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to demo it, and 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 I'll say a few things. Um, you know, I've used every headset on the market, and I was like really concerned after this demo. I was like, you know, I've used pretty much every popular device out there, and many that are unreleased that companies and labs show me, and I was like, it's 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 better by a landslide and I was like but is that just me like what are other people gonna say who've tried yeah. these like Marquez yeah. and and I was like I'm like I said it like I went out on a limb and I was like it is by far the best experience I have ever seen in terms of visual fidelity um latency and so I did this thing where I with a lot of VR headsets I always try like okay what's my reaction like what's the latency because you know you're walking around a room and you try to f- handle an object so I actually took my phone and I threw it up in the air and I caught it. And I can't do that with other devices, right? It's, it's, it, would be, it might hit your hand, but I was like, you know what? Somebody could throw me a ball from across the room and I could catch it with this thing. Like That's how good the latency was, which is due to a piece of co-silicon, which we'll get to on the hardware. But, but just to talk about them understanding latency is a reason why as you move around a room, you get a little dizzy or nausea or people who have that right. problem. I think the stated metric is 12 milliseconds or less. I've heard most people say you've got to be under 10. And Apple's doing it probably in half that, in, in five to six milliseconds, um, m- maybe better depending on, on speed, which, which is insane. But the thing that, so the pass through was the big thing that said to me. The other one was the eye tracking because I could not believe how good the eye tracking was. And anybody who saw the, 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 dem- the, the, the visual they showed of all those sensors that are literally just there to track your eyes and do a retina scan to, to validate and log you in because your retina is unique to others. So all of that, like in these crazy lenses, um, pulls off how good this eye tracking was where it, it did not miss. I mean, you you look at an icon and you use this pinch to pinch to touch or pinch to tap, how, whatever we're going to call this. I don't know, pinch to touch, pinch to tap. But you just do that and you could do it anywhere. Like you could be on your on your, on your your lap, you could do it out here. Um, and it just worked every single time. Sometimes on very small objects, little tiny X's just worked or pinching to pick up and move a, a window or I just, I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe this works. Um, 
but the the so so the high fidelity the user interface 100% just in terms of the right the eye tracking that needs to be right right for them to build the ecosystem out eye tracking and that interface needs to be there but the but the most mind blowing thing to me was this eyesight thing where when you're in full vr and the way they did this demo was there's a there's an there's a thing they have called environments and so they're 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 digital environments, but the but the fidelity is so high, it feels like you're there. So examples are you're on a beach in Hawaii. The one they had me in was on a near a lake in Oregon with Mount Hood in the background. And so the way they start this demo is it it pops up and they're like these are environments. They're very serene. We think they're peaceful, and they were super peaceful. Like this is the kind of thing you could do, and 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 for mental health and just calm down and relax. Um, but it's a window at this point. It just pops up in a window. And then as you turn the crown, it sort of just immerses, like the wind, the room around you that you're seeing fades out, and then you're in a full immersed environment. And you sit there for like 20 seconds, and then the person who was giving the demo starts talking to you. And they start showing up out of nowhere into your scene, like a little silhouette. And then the more they start talking, the louder it gets, the brighter they get, and they're like fully there. And I was like, What? How, how is that? So, so then I was thinking, so so imagine this use case, right? Because they're exactly right. The problem they wanted to solve was context, right? You're in this environment, but let's not disconnect you from the world because it it does matter, right? People should still be able to interact with you. So imagine like what the, the thing I was thinking about was, you know, you're on a plane, you're, you're in this environment because you're a little freaked out by turbulence like I am. So you're trying to stay calm and the flight attendant starts talking to you. They come by. And so now all of a sudden, that flight attendant would come into your space and you'd be able to see them and they'd obviously know that you know, you're know you now looking at them. I just thought that was just, it was mind blowing because you've never experienced someone just show up out of nowhere in your virtual you know, immersed world and then be able to interact with that person. It was just like I, I it's, you have to see it to explain. It. I was so taken aback by that. But that again, that's the thoughtfulness that's gone into this experience. Yeah. It's not just look how cool it is that you're immersed in a, in a reality. Let's not disconnect you from the world. And all of that technology goes into making that experience as impressive as it was. Yeah, I mean that's again. This is this is what Apple is really really good at is thinking through all the little intricacies of human interaction. I just have one question though. Is, is there a way to turn that off so that if somebody, if you're on an airplane and somebody sitting next to you just is chatting you up, you can just block them out entirely, or do they do they have to appear when as they get louder? No, that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer. I think that I think they're assuming that you want to be interrupted. There might be a way that 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 you can't. I think again, right? The part the part that hits me about this demo is one. <laughs> It's tough to scale this thing, like just in general, because they did have to custom fit an insert for my face. They did see whether or not you needed glasses or not, which I don't. The people who did have glasses had to go through this process of of having lenses swapped out. So you actually got lenses for your prescription that you put in. Again, not a scalable experience at, at any level, mass level. But they did all these things to make sure you had the best experience possible. So there's, you know, again, there's, there's to, to your point about like, so the, 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 what are we going to do with these things? I mean, I, I actually personally enjoy with, with Oculus, uh, watching movies, you know, on Netflix or whatever on what feels like a big theater. The only difference is those aren't terribly high resolution. Like my 4k TV is better resolution. 
the the theater demo or the video demo of this was so high resolution. I was like, I could see this. Like I could see myself sitting here watching a movie because it really is a giant screen, as big as I want to make it, sitting now by the by a lake in Oregon, right? That's one of the environments you could sit and watch this movie. Um, and it was really high fidelity. So like I could actually appreciate it watching movies. So one of my theories is, well, what happens if this replaces TVs? You know, the other element of that was now it makes a ton of sense to me, all these content deals Apple's doing for sports because they had an example of a soccer match using MLS, which is a deal that Apple has. And the camera is in 3D sitting on the goalpost. So you're watching the action come at you and the goal, you know, go in. And I was like, mm, okay. I mean, I could, when it's, when it's high fidelity, like in yeah. other Oculuses, you're like, eh, it's okay, but it's, I see the pixels, not seeing the pixels was such a key part about the, the, the visual experience that again, they did with a Apple Silicon backed display. Cause they went out of their way to say that it was their, their display driver, um, micro OLED. They went through the whole, you know, how many pixels are seeing it's basically 4k ish, a little more than 4k in, in each eye. Um, you know, you know, but again, but it was all this technology that we're talking about is what went into making this experience as good as it is. And, and this is the point that I want to make, because I think it's the most important one outside of tech enthusiasts who will hundred percent love this product, but are also the main, the market for VR today, people who, you know, generally skew more techie. What Apple has, in my opinion, is, is the base level experience to even get a normal consumer to consider this. And if that's the base level experience and it requires an M1, it requires a custom coprocessor, an R1, which is a sensor fusion chip, a, a however many dozens of displays that go into this, like, then the hardware world has a very long way to go before this is mainstream because that to me is the base level experience and it's going to take years to get that into an affordable product but there's so much technology packed into just deliver the base level experience to get an average consumer to participate in this category i i think that's a that's a really good way of framing this this is the base this is the base like everyone else before you you haven't even anteed up yet like this is the ante if you want to be in this market this is the bare minimum that you have to have to to really to do this right to just be in yep. this market Yep. And Apple is now, I don't know how far ahead of everybody, right? It's they're they're pretty far. I I, I have I have friends at at Meta who are working on Oculus. Uh, I I I worry about how they're feeling this week. I have a friend at uh, another large internet company that's working on screens, yeah. and I texted yeah. him during the keynote, and I, I still haven't heard back. Two days <laughs> later, I think he's they're all he's shocked. They're all they're all at the whiteboards. Yeah, right. I have a. I have a couple friends on the uh, on the hardware team at Meta too, and and I uh, I was just like I'm cu curious on on your thoughts, <laughs> you know. But 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 the thing is, you know, like I said, the 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 interesting part about how just again how all that technology wraps into this again base level experience. What what we're talking to was, you know, I, I and and I think. You know, I go on. I just need to go on the record for everybody because you know sometimes I just like to say when either I'm wrong or, or miscalculated. I've been the biggest skeptic of this forever because I knew how far the technology was right. to actually being there. But I was genuinely surprised how mature the software ecosystem was, like how much that experience was so robust and how well it worked. Like it just worked in all the ways 
it has to work. Like, like, like a good example of this is I don't expect, you know, my wife, she's a, she's a late adopter to, to, to care about this thing at all, but I'm going to get one and she'll want to try it and it's going to work in all the ways that she expects. And she'll be impressed, but she probably won't care to do anything with it yet, but, but she can use it. Like she won't touch any other VR system. They're like, eh, it's too hard to use. I don't like it. And so that's why I'm saying like, it's good enough that anybody can try it and be like, that's really cool. Whether or not they care beyond that, but that's an impressive feat for me that it's going to work. They're going to be, use their eye tracking. They're going to be able to do this pinch to zoom. It's going to be a whole new spatial interface and it's actually going to work for anybody. Okay. So I think we're agreed that the experience is there, that the technology is impressive. Let's talk a little bit more though about what people are going to do with this because this this is where I start to have a few yeah. problems. And I noticed this in in the in the videos I was watching in the keynotes. I was my feelings were alternating between wow to ooh that's kind of weird that's kind of creepy like there were just like some weird things like and I think again like I was saying at the at the start is uh, it's a new compute platform we don't know what that means. Right. It's, right. it's too soon to tell. Right? We don't have that much software yet. What what are we going to use this for? Right. And, and you know, you, you said movies, which I get. But at the same time, like I like to sit in in, a, you know, in my living room. I have a big TV. And watch it with the family. Right. The idea of being behind goggles. I mean, it's bad enough when we're all sitting on the couch watching the same movie all on our phones. Right. That's right. That's a little uncomfortable. Now we're all going to be behind glasses and we can't really see each other exactly. I think right. that's a little... And, and yeah, and I'm sure they're going to have a, a, a family viewing set up where you can all sit around and watch the movie and see, you know, right. little avatars right. of each other. Right. But that's... Uh, it, it is... It's, it's a, there's, there's reasons to resist that. Yeah. And then... So, okay. Sitting on a plane, I would love this. But when else am I going to do this? Am I going to do work on it? Right. right. Maybe. Maybe yeah, right. Sitting at a desk and I have all these all these screens yeah. open. Yeah, maybe I want to do that. Maybe it's again. It's if I'm in an office at home, I, it makes sense. But in an office, it's a little. It's it, it, right. There, there's going to be a whole new social language we're going to have to adopt if, if we're going to start using these in the office. And I'm not sure that society that's that's something we want or need or should have. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I'd frame it. I'd frame it this way. So, so I published an article afterwards, and it basically was titled, you know, Apple Vision Pro: Computing Without Borders. And as I thought about the opportunity that you know sits in front of us, because that that's what it is. It's, it's 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 an opportunity, and we see where it goes. That the that the whole history of software development has been defined by screen size. The screen size of your computer, or of your lap, or your monitor, or your phone, or your tablet, or your TV. And so what happens when you're no longer constrained by a bezel? And that's essentially the point that Apple is trying to make. You have an infinite canvas in this space for your software. I could have far more windows open if I want. I could have far less and longer you know, and, and larger displays. I can move objects into 3D. And so there's elements where that's that's to me is the question. Okay, so, but that, that that then comes back to the hardware, right? Because as, as we know, developers love innovative hardware. You got to put something out that captures their imagination and see where it goes. Because, and I've been, you know, adamant about this, if the software development community does not embrace this platform, it goes nowhere. They could sell a decent amount 
on a couple of interesting things, it goes nowhere, right? That's the bottom line. Software developers have, and this is a true point of meta also, or anybody in this space, if they do not get a rich and vibrant software developer ecosystem, this product is just a glorified TV, maybe game console, like some of those easy things. And so that's that's the question at hand. What will developers do? How will software move forward? And is it a new paradigm? Maybe, but it's it's not up to Apple. But it is up to Apple to put the best technology out there, which is what they've done, capture developers' imagination, and see what happens. And that's the junction that we're at. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And and you know, this is Apple. They've they've learned this lesson. It's burned into their DNA about building developer ecosystems, right? They learned that in the '80s, for goodness' sake. Uh, and they haven't they haven't had a big misfire on software in a long long time. Um, wait, 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 wait. You mean what do you well, mean well, software? Sorry. In terms of in terms of when you launch a new product, they've been pretty good about having tools ready fairly early on. Yeah, you know what? what? I, I take that, I take that back. They've, I, they've had plenty of misfires, but no, but like, I would argue they, that. There's no app ecosystem on Apple Watch. They they tried though. They tried. They had agreed, they had agreed. WatchKit agreed. and and it just I think it just didn't take off not because of poor developer tools but just because the platform itself yes. Yes. didn't lend itself usage I, I didn't agree. lend itself to complicated ecosystems. This is very different. I think they put a lot more effort into uh, Vision OS and some of the tools around it from very early on. Um, they're also launching all of those tools. Uh, six months before the device is available. It's very on Apple, mm -hmm. right? The, mm -hmm. I think the, the, the watch kit came out mm -hmm. at the same time or a little bit after the watch was introduced. Mm -hmm. Here we are launching this, pro they're, you know, they're announcing this product at least six months before it's available. And they're launching it at WWDC to get developers engaged. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen anyone review some of the tools. I think they're out in beta, right? You can get a beta version yes. of Vision OS. That stuff is out, but I haven't seen anyone really dig into it yet. So I'm, I think that's what I'm going to be watching for is what, what do developers see here? They, you know, they have AR kit that's been out for a while and it has, it's, it's been, I've, I've heard good things about it, but it's also something that no one's really used that much because there hasn't been a good that's platform right. for that. That's right. So we'll, we'll see how all of that plays out. I agree. That's, that's the key is, is getting developers engaged, but you know, developers have, I, I think there's two, there's two waves of developer interest in this. The first is, Lots of people are going to try it out because it's new and cool, right? Developers tend to like to try out new technologies and new platforms. And that'll get a lot of interest early on. But then to really sustain that long term is they're going to have to be able to figure out a business model for it. And, you know, if you look at iPhone apps, that's that's kind of a bleak landscape, right? You have all these in-app purchase, free-to-download games, driving mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of stuff that's on, on, the, on the phone. Mm -hmm. It seems like this, you're going to need to have more robust business models and right. that right. that's it's not a problem for today but that's that's a, a curious one how we're going how we're going to solve that right because the, i think the risk there is it ends up just going to the big content owners the movie studios right. and right. and that's that's good but it goes that it ends up ends up in that camp where you're talking about where it's just a good platform for watching movies yep. maybe right or play some games i mean that's low hanging fruit games um you know, it, it was interesting. I'm curious your thoughts though on this because this was kind of the first time, and I and it makes sense, but that Apple really led with sort of a a business use case. Like the software that was there was Teams, Zoom, WebEx, Office. Obviously, Adobe will be there. There was some 3D rendering. They're like they're trying to say like, hey, there's a work 
context to this. And obviously, it can pair with your Mac. It doesn't need your Mac, which, which to be honest with you, was, was pretty wild because I have tried this on other things where, hey, plug it into your computer and bring up some displays. And it's okay. It's just, again, the fidelity, the low fidelity is what bothers me about, about pretty much every other headset trying to do this. But that you could just look at your Mac and then it will bring up, you know, the, the, whatever you're working on. In this case, it was a, it was a, a, a video file. Um, but that, that was pretty cool because again, if it's high fidelity and I do use multiple monitors, you know, you can see some of that being an interesting use case day one, again, not enough to change things, but I was just surprised, I guess not surprised. It makes sense, but it's kind of the first time Apple's really kind of leaned into that enterprise or business or productivity's use cases as day one, cause it feels kind of obvious for this platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my whole time look, looking at this, talking about it, I, in the back of my head, I'm trying to figure out if I want to use Excel on these goggles or not. That's exactly what I thought too. Cause we spent so much time in Excel. It's like, yeah. how big do I want Excel? How many tabs and sheets yeah. can I see at one time? Yeah. How can I, can I see 20 years of data or you know, 20 yeah. quarters of data all at once? Like yeah. maybe I want that. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, because on the other hand, I can just buy, I can buy, you know, 30 monitors instead of one yeah. of these. So right, right, I'm not, right. I'm not sure which, which is better, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think we should also point out that on the, on the gaming side, they announced unity. You can have unity tools from this on day one, huge, yeah. huge deal for the gaming community, yeah. uh, less important for, for enterprise, but still, I think that's an important, like they've, they've thought about it. They're, they're doing what they can. And now we got right. six months to see what people come up with. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think, and you're totally right. Right. And, and to, to be clear, this demo was fairly curated. There was not a lot of free space for us to just go and do. And I talked to a bunch of other people to say like, how far did they let you go? Like, did they let you try kind of the voice stuff? And there was, you couldn't go through the whole thing, which again makes it feel to me like very similar to the first iPhone launch, where a you couldn't touch it, right? There was no demos. It was a, it was a. I think they were pretty. If I recall the history of this, they were pretty freaked out that the first phone call wasn't going to go through, and then it went through. Um, so it just shows you like it's, it's, it's on its way. It's got six to nine months. I actually think this is going to be a spring launch, more like March because Apple typically launches new categories in the spring. That's been their, their pattern. Um, so, so that's nine months away for the software to get better. But more importantly, I I think our minds were blown now. I actually think our minds will be even more blown in nine months for a device that people are going to have a very hard time getting their hands on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, you think about the original iPhone didn't even come with an app store, right? The app store, I think, came a year later. It yeah. was, it was, it, and I remember the original sort of development platform for the iPhone was very much duct tape and chewing gum. Absolutely. Right. Th- this Absolutely. is, this is, a, you know, a, a eons away from that. You basically so, had a good red browser in your pocket. Like that was the advantage over other right. things. And I made this point earlier. I was like, because people are saying, remember what it didn't have. And I was like, remember that it didn't have the ability to check corporate email in an era where BlackBerry was taking off. You know, so right. it's like. That's right. Yeah. I, I you know, it's sort of, it's, a, it's another problem though, because if you're a developer and you want to go after this, you're, you are going to be constrained by the fact that it's going to be a very small market. Yes, very. Right. Um, I, you know, I've seen all kinds of predictions about how big this is going to be. And even, you know, 
even sort of a best case scenario is, you know, a few hundred thousand users, which is not enough to really support a robust ecosystem. Yeah. There, um, so the, the, I, that's why I think the, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's a good, a really good precedent for this, uh, other than what they tried to say, which was kind of the original back that moment when you moved from line line item input in DOS and whatnot to a, a GUI, like that's the moment they tried to connect this to. Again, we're 30 years removed plus from that environment, right? Technology is much more mature, but that's that's the only comparable, I guess, which we talked about in several podcasts, you can even remotely make the paradigm for. But again, you're totally right. It, it, I, would, I would say over the next two years, if they had a million and a half in sales, not because they couldn't sell that many. I think they could sell a crap ton at this price point to their enthusiast audience. It, it's really, it's just hard to make. It's hard to scale. It's hard to manufacture. And the supply chain is very challenged to scale this up day one. But but let's just say that's it's a million, a million and a half in two years. S- still not a giant market. So it has to be seeding, sowing the seeds of vision, hence the name, or or what's possible to developers. That that's that's just still the, the the place I'm in, in that they just need to try it, be impressed with it, enamored, make apps, and then maybe in three or four years, when it's an affordable price point, it can start ramping because the ecosystem is behind it. Ooh, that's a little bit of a chicken and egg then, right? It's a little bit of chicken and egg because you it need the software, be. you yeah. need the software to get people to come on to buy the device, but people, but software developers aren't going to want to make the software until there are enough people on the platform. Agreed. Agreed. And so I, t- and I've used, we need a better term in chicken and egg though, to be honest with you for tech, but I've used that se- exact phrase several times. It's a, it's extremely chicken and egg because, um, like I said, if I honestly, Jay, I, maybe, maybe you think I'm crazy. If they could make 5 million of these things, I think they'd sell them. I think Apple's audience, including your wealthy in China are more than happy to spend that on this product just to be a, a, to say they have it. But also because they're enthusiast about technology, they can't make that many. For years, I don't think they can make that many. Let alone right get. The, they need the economies of scale also to push in their favor to go through the manufacturing ramps, to go through the um, you know additional pieces of silicon they'll need in efficiency for battery life. Because again, this thing and this was the point I wanted to make about silicon. The the challenge for the rest of the industry is that I think they thought this would run an A-series processor. Like Apple's entry would be an A-series processor. So their roadmaps are more like a mobile SoC that's been converted and fully capable, but but to a headset. Nobody expected this to be an M2, like level. And and so if an M2 is the level that we need for this baseline experience you and I are talking about, everybody's a, a ways off from a mainstream solution yeah. that even has a chance, like many, many years. But but the only game in town, in my opinion, is Qualcomm. And so this gives me a little bit more optimism that Qualcomm's cust- ba- remo- uh, return to custom silicon with the Orion platform, hence the Nuvia acquisition, could be something that they use to continue to increase their performance per watt, performance efficiencies, and then again, help others compete with Apple. Because that's the question. Who's going to help others compete with Apple? Right now, it's Qualcomm. It's certainly not Intel. It's not AMD. It's, 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 it's Qualcomm. But 
I think everybody's road silicon roadmap changes now seeing that this thing runs an M2. So so let me let me unpack that a little bit because one you mentioned that you thought they could sell 5 million units. To put that in context, 5 million units would be 20 billion in revenue ish, which is as big as the iPad. Right? And and is I think more revenue than all but 100 of the public companies yes. in the US. Correct. Right? If they sell 5 million of those, it's still going to be called a failure, right? I just exactly. You, you, right? A year from now, we're still gonna see, we're going to see the headline. Exactly. They're going to sell. I think they're going to sell two, three hundred thousand in the first year, which is a billion dollars in revenue, which is bigger than all but five hundred companies in the U.S. in revenue. That's absolutely going to be labeled a failure, but in, in headlines a year from now, it's still spectacular success. Yep. All right. I just wanted to get that thought in there. Turning turning to silicon, I think. I think. I'm not sure I agree that Qualcomm is... I, I, I agree, this is good for Qualcomm because you're right, they're the only part out there that can compete with this. Um, or at least has it on the roadmap. The problem, though, is the software. And I think this is this is the the mistake that Meta made. I think this is their critical, critical flaw, was they abandoned their own operating system. Right, they abandoned their own operating system, and then once they did that, there was no need to do their own silicon, so they went to Qualcomm. And I think that that was a mistake on their part. Not going to Qualcomm is the, the getting rid of their own OS. Right, we have mm-hmm. now with with we have Vision OS at Apple. I think that's going to be a huge, huge differentiation, and someone else is going to have to do that. I think it's going to be what else are you going to run the software on? All the intricacies of the user interface. There's a lot of complexity in in how that works at the operating system level. Who's who's doing that work? Well, I mean, yeah. So, Met, so Meta's platform is theoretically built on Android, but it is a bit more of a. I would say it's its own skin because because I, I I tweeted this like Meta's at a crossroads basically, and and I think you might agree the latter is probably the the scenario that happens that they either need to go toe to toe with Apple on hardware and the ecosystem, right? So so. Be, be more vertically integrated, or they need to let go of the hardware and just focus on the software pl- platform and let, you know, a Samsung, you know, you name it, a company come in and provide the hardware. Basically, then they're going to be like Android and Windows of the mixed reality platform. That Okay, that's, that's one example. That's one analogy, Android versus iOS. I'm going to say that's going to be a tablet OS iPad versus Android tablets, right? Which is 90, 90% of the market is Apple and 10% is everybody else. Like, I think yeah. that's, that's the risk here. Agree. Um, yeah. You, you, the, the reality is you, you, regardless, Jay, they're going to lose the high end to Apple. Like, I just don't care how there's, there's no scenario where they maintain premium in any scenario. So, so regardless it's going to be a potentially, like you said, an 80-20 market, you know, the whole, well, there's not a tablet market, there's an iPad market or whatever, because Apple makes so much money in every category that they're in. The, the question is, can they can they monetize the platform more, I guess, like Windows does than, than perhaps Android, uh, so that they are horizontal? But, but you're absolutely right. The consequence of that is you've given up the high end, which you're going to do anyway, and now you're just letting a much more diverse and sometimes less consistent hardware environment, but costs will come down, 
right? It, it, it'll be the middle to lower end of the market that they fill. And it's, I mean, unless there's a pattern that plays out that's not like PCs, tablets, and phones, which we've seen, and there's something different, if it follows those patterns, Apple gets the high end, somebody has to do all the rest with a platform. And that might be meta. I, I Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm sure that everybody in this, everyone else in this field is going back to planning day zero today, figuring out what to do next. Right. And I think the only viable solution is for somebody to create an alternative to Vision OS. And I, I think I think Meta could still do that. I think they're because because I know that they they hired a lot of people into the Oculus Group. It's huge, and they yeah, uh, they huge. understand all these complex user issues and the foveation and the eye eye tracking and all that stuff. They yeah. they have the ability to to compete there, but they have to they have to have the a better control of the software. And I, I think I think it would be viable. I think that somebody could be a viable competitor to this because um, it's going to take years to develop, even for Apple. So if somebody started today. With all that expertise, I don't. I don't see why Meta couldn't go out and build, you know, acquire slash build an operating system team. It'd be expensive, and their shareholders would be upset. But I think if they really, really want to be in this business, I mean, it's the name of the company after all, if they want to be in this business. Meta, Facebook has to go out and you know restart their operating system. Other, yeah. Otherwise, the best case scenario is they're the they're the you know low low value free alternative. Uh, that's the best case, right? Where they get fifty percent of they get the volume but no money. Uh, the worst case is they just get nothing and it's it's iPad. Right? Those those are the those are the choices. Like they either have to have their own operating system, or best case is their PC to Mac and have no profit, or even worse, they get no volume, no profit, like the like the iPad. Those are the choices. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, though, every market Apple competes in, they absorb the most of the profits, even if they have the less of the share. So I, I don't see that changing. The question is who, to your point, and I agree with you, and, and I do, I, at this point, I just don't see anybody else being able to do this other than Meta. Like, I don't think Google is going to be the platform that does this, and it's just all going to run an Android version. Uh, and Microsoft is focused on much other things. Than, than a version of Windows that would come to this. So I, I feel like it has to be meta. But but even in that scenario, right, there's there's Apple always takes premium. Like that's just been the pattern. And, and I have a hard time believing that changes. So regardless, they're fighting for X price point and below with a business model that has to evolve. But that's the pattern. I'm just not sure how this changes anything. It's not a law of physics though, right? I mean... Apple is a, is a company, and they they have flaws, and this is all so new that we don't really understand how it's going to play out in the market and how how users are going to adopt this and at what rate. So I think there's there's enough variables in the equation still that we could that Meta could specifically change change that if they had the will to do it. I I, I think you're right. I don't think they will. I don't think they they can stomach it. Um, but it, it's certainly possible that someone could challenge this. Um, because I think there there are real risks for everybody else. Because if this really becomes a new compute platform, there is a risk that Apple has ninety percent of it. Uh, agree. Like the iPad, and and that's I think that that has to make everybody else uncomfortable. I totally agree. You know, and you, you're you you hit it on the head. Like I just feel like everybody knows who's competed with Apple, how this has played out before, 
and and in in for for this to not be and maybe I should just come up with Ben's law of Apple trajectory like for this to not play out the same way Apple has to screw it up because is Facebook gonna take Apple's customers Apple has a near lock on the most profitable and valuable consumers in all of the world so you'd have to argue that they're gonna leave and go to Meta with a headset that's better than anything Apple can do and that's I have a hard time believing that plays out. In almost to the same degree, I believe in laws of physics, Jay. <laughs> I'm not saying it's likely. I'm just saying that's possible. But but I want there to be competition. That's that's the, that's the point. And I do think it, there's time. Like I got, you know what I mean. Like I, I think Qualcomm could say, "Hey, look, let's work with Meta. Let's flesh this out. Let's take Orion as an architecture, and let's 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 do something like this. That's that powerful. Like there's this is a market that's going to take a long time." To develop, I mean, Apple's not going to get the price of this time, this down anytime soon. So I feel like everybody could try, has a shot, and I want there to be competition. It's just it's going to require, you know, a, a bunch of players versus Apple, who's just one players and controls this vertically. Like that's that's the root of this competitive challenge. But I want there to be competition, and I think there's time. People just need to start getting their ducks in a row right now to to march out a five year roadmap that can compete with this product. Okay, we're we're running out of time. Can we can we just touch on the hardware real quick? We yes. mentioned this is this is all powered by an M2, which is crazy, right? That's a laptop processor. I mean, that's just I I I I agree with what you said before. Everyone thought it was going to be a, an A series phone processor. No, it's it's a full blown laptop grade CPU. But then in addition to that, they have this R1 chip, right? What's it? Uh, which they had some fancy name for it, like a signal processing chip, but it's really like you called it a sensor fusion. It's sensor fusion, yeah. Right. Twelve cameras, six microphones, five other sensors, something like that. Yep. Um, it it's interesting to me because I have this thesis that it only makes sense to develop your own chip when it conveys a strategic advantage. Right. Right. right? right. With the iPhone, the A series, you tie the software and the hardware together, and the end result is people are locked into the ecosystem because it's just so much better performance. Right. The fact that for this, they decided to make their own chip tells you where the really hard part is. It's around Absolutely. the latency and the foveation rendering and the eye tracking and keeping that latency to, to five milliseconds. That's a that's a crazy number. Uh, yep. And that and that's that's critical here, because if if you get those latency numbers wrong, people get nauseous. Right. Yep. I, I, there were early demos of other other platforms where people were throwing up because it was just like Absolutely. getting yeah. so dizzy. Right. That's that's the critical piece of all this. Um, and nobody else makes one of those. So on exactly on your point, which is ex exactly what you said, there's, there's two, there's two parts to this. You, you, you hit it exactly on the head when you said that's where, that's where the problem was. That's where the bottleneck was that somebody else couldn't do for Apple. Absolutely. What that tells you though, to the market is also that like, Hey, you're going to have to have something even remotely similar if you want to deal with this problem that's latency. So that's the latency point, the sensor fusion, all of that part. The other one was they went out of their way because they repeated it several times that the thing that drives those, those pixels in that micro OLED is a Apple Vision backed display. That was exactly their terms and they said it several times. Apple Vision, I mean, sorry, Apple Silicon backed display. So, so we knew they made a display driver 
I think they've done something different, like a different one, a better one or whatever, that's handling the resolution in the micro OLED, which again tells you that was a bottleneck. That's something that they needed another chip for. And oh, by the way, everybody else, you're going to have to have something similar if you want this high of resolution in every eye. So that's it, so that's at least three, possibly four, five Apple silicon chips in this. Well, yeah, we know they do the DSP, so the camera, the you know they did the 3D camera, so I'm sure yeah. that was their DSP. At least five, and and I also heard a bunch of sensors are custom. Yeah, no, this this is this is gonna end up like the like the iPad. They're gonna take 99 percent of this market. Well, I was in that position, and then you were taking the other one. So now I'm trying to be optimistic about the the others. We don't know how it plays out, Jay. Okay. Uh, but but again, I just I just want to come back to this fundamental point that I at the end of the day, in all these regards, it is like you said a technological marvel, and I just think that has to be appreciated. Maybe this whole thing goes nowhere. Maybe it's a paperweight for five years. Maybe fine. I doubt it, but we'll see. But from a technology standpoint, it's really freaking cool. And I love that part of it. That's, as a geek, it was it's a marvel of, of innovation. I agreed. said my piece. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I, it, is, it is a technical marvel. We're agreed on that. It is the, the user interface is in, incredible. And now we're just, it's going to be the, the waiting game to see how people use this. And I think that's, yeah. that's going to be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, fun times. We've got AI, Jay. We've got... Mixed reality back. Can the industry handle two booms at one time? I don't know. It might be too much, but we we will see. And luckily, there's lots of silicon involved, so we have so much to keep talking about <laughs> on the circuit. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we always appreciate your comments and your reviews, and uh, and have a great week, weekend, day, wherever you are in the world, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please uh, tell your friends, click like, subscribe, send us out on your feeds. Thank you. <laughs>